We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Benny, we're going to get to small forwards here. But before we do that, I want to let you know that if you've been staring at your fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players, but not his entire team, but your fantasy support service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Mello, or Trout versus A-Rod. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting challenges are even easier. No Halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the NFL. NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, and college basketball or other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and to download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No Halftime, where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS Podcast NBA Edition. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we cover the Wednesday NBA DFS slate to kick off the 2015 season. You can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at Rotocurve, Rotowire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Benny, welcome to the hoops, my friend. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm a, I'm a big basketball guy myself, so this is a great time of year for me. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Huge NBA fan. We I mean, we love all the sports, obviously, but I, I particularly get fired up. You know, you're a, you're a basketball coach. Um, I'm a basketball couch watcher. I own a bunch of jerseys and uh, you, you can't see it right now, but I just, um, crossed over my water bottle and threw a piece of paper into the trash. Nothing but nail. So, were you behind a line? You get three for that one. No, I had a foot on the line, man. I got uh, like I got I just, I wasn't I'm not in like season long form, but I did feel go. like I got fouled and it wasn't called. Well, you so, know what the the mid range jump shot is a lost art. So, Mike so. Bibby, Mike Bibby, That's sir. It. You know, Sacramento <laughs> Kings, absolutely, yes. So we're gonna break it down all by position, uh, by position here. We'll cover the the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, uh, power forward, and center positions. We'll talk about the top projected plays. Um, for there's the, uh, for these positions here, we'll give you some some GPP and some cash lineups here. I just wanted to quickly ask you as a quick overview, Benny, 
people who are just dipping their toes into the NBA DFS realm for the first time here, what are some tips or tricks of the trade that you've learned along the way that helped you, um, you know, uh, you know, sort of become a winning player or you know things that you always try to keep in mind when setting your lineups? You know, I'm actually glad you asked me this, being that it's kind of our first show for the season. So here's here's the initial read that I'm going to give everybody, you know, your outlines of what you should do for the season. If you're playing on DraftKings, you probably need about six points per thousand dollars of cost for your tournament rosters. Five points per thousand for your cash games, you know, your 50-50, stuff like that. So when you're looking for the guys to put in your roster, take the price that he is, like we talked about on the, you know, the NFL pod the other day for DFS. You take the price. If a guy's 5,000, you probably need 25 points out of him to, you know, make value in cash games, probably 30 points to help you be on pace to win a tournament. Uh, so that's what you really got to shoot for with the guys that you're looking in your roster. Study your, you know, look over the scoring, how guys score points. You know, take a look at how the guys on your roster get to the numbers that they get to. Um, things that go overlooked, you know, like a center who can get a lot of blocks or something for you, is something that tends to go overlooked. Now, people are going to ask, where do you spend up? Where do you not spend up? And that changes every day. There's no set rules to that. But if you're playing on DraftKings in the guard spot, um, you know, down at the bottom, I usually tend to use a point guard. So I usually tend to have two point guards on my roster. Uh, point guards are the ones that rack up assists. They really get fantasy points that way. So that's usually a good thing to do is to use that guard spot on the second point guard. Uh, the forward spot you usually want to use on the second power forward because the power forwards usually do more rebounding than the small forward. So if you find a power forward that rebounds and scores – He's usually a good guy to put in there at that second forward spot, the F spot that you have at the bottom. And the utility spot, very often I wind up with two centers in there because between the block shots and the rebounds, you know, there are more ways to score fantasy points than just actual points on the board. Yes, guys that can put a lot of points on the board are important and they are guys that you want in your roster. But remember, you also get fantasy points for rebounds, for assists, for block shots. You know, a block shot is worth as much as a basket made, so... If you get a guy who blocks six or eight shots in a game, there's a good chance that guy's going to be on a lot of winning rosters that day because that's an extra 12 to 16 points on top of the points and rebounds that he gets for it for fantasy. Over on FanDuel, just a quick overview. Um, I think the thing you really need to look at on FanDuel, and not that it isn't as important on DraftKings, it is too, but you really got to find those value guys over on FanDuel. Um, you know, a guy like, you know, this being the first night of the season, we're actually talking about the Wednesday slate, but... You know, guys like a Nate Robinson at min price or a Kent Bazemore at min price. If you put one or two of those guys in your roster, then you're going to be able to fit the Anthony Davises and the, you know, James Hardens and, uh, you know, Russell Westbrooks and, uh, and Kevin Durant's of the world. And when those guys go off and put up numbers in like the sixties or seventies, it doesn't matter how great a roster you built around the guys you built around. If you missed out on those guys, it's going to be tough for you to cash. So the min price guys are as important as picking the right studs. And that's really the way that you got to wind up building your rosters. I tend to do a lot more, uh, you know, what people call stars and scrubs over on FanDuel. That seems to be the way to go. So FanDuel, you probably need a little over five points per thousand of cost for your cash games. Definitely over six points. You'll see winning scores over there in like the 360 range. Um, on some big nights, on some smaller slates, it'll be a little bit closer to like 315, 320, somewhere around there. So those are the numbers that you really got to look for. Yeah, those are all great points there. And just like with everything else and with injuries, injuries will absolutely kill you. Um, the one thing I, I want to sort of uh, mention as just like a, a 
a shed of uh, potential hope is that with all the um, deals that FanDuel and DraftKings have with these individual NBA teams, I, th- I saw a concerted preseason effort. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, like the Miami Heat, for instance, were tweeting out their FanDuel starting lineup from their official social media account. So I'm hoping that this is going to lead to, to more um, starting lineup information earlier on in games because um, if you're not a late swapper or you know you have some injury issues, it just makes you in, in the NBA injuries will absolutely destroy you. Um, I mean, not like they wouldn't destroy you in any other um, you know, but baseball sometimes you can get away with it or fade a guy or two you know because you, you know you you will have sometimes and some O for threes or O for fours, but you have your big guys go off. You just don't have that luxury in NBA because there's so so many points that can potentially be scored even by somebody who plays limited minutes so zeros will really kill you and on the on the flip side of that you want to just definitely pay attention to like a site like DraftKings where you get an extra one and a half points for double doubles an extra three points for triple doubles so this is why I always lean and maybe you, you probably I think you're going to agree with me here Benny I never want a point guard like Ricky Rubio who can't shoot a three who can't get the extra half point for, for made yeah, three point shots three, I was just about to say the three point uh, bonus as well is something big mm-hmm. it's also why I love me some Steph Curry over there yes sir yes three point players who make it rain you, go, you just pile on the extra points there um you know and steel is also worth two points so you know the all-around players the category stat stuffers the people who are triple double threats are super super valuable particularly on DraftKings with the additional bonuses there so you never really want like a like a kevin martin or you know a, a, i guess a kyle corver in most cases sometimes you can make a case for them in gpps but um you, you really want those those full category stuffers there that can get you every single extra point available especially in cash games um and and in gpps just to have to build overall value in your lineups there so i want the the three-point shooting point guards who um who are good steals bets and then i want those those power forwards who are good double double bets who make uh, who, who um also um, block a lot of shots and then if they happen to be like anthony davis where they could be a potential triple double threat or something like that i mean all the more reason for you to make a case if you think he's the right price and speaking about players who are right the, pri- the uh, right price, let's go ahead and dive into it here at the point guard position here, Benny. Uh, we're talking about the Wednesday slate, so we basically have almost all teams on tap. Uh, who do you like to kick off the NBA season? Um, well, at point guard, there's actually a couple guys I've been looking at. And, um, you know, we haven't had a chance to really see the prices yet, but just kind of based off of last year, um, I do like Chris Paul, but Chris Paul is usually very expensive, so I'm probably not going to be using him in this spot. I will be looking at the price on guys like John Wall and Damian Lillard. Um, I think they're both in a pretty good spot for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wall going up against Orlando, they got a 205-point total in that game. And he's, a, you know, one of those guys like you talk about. He's a triple threat kind of guy. He can get you the triple-double. He can get you some steals as well. He doesn't shoot the ball all that well. That's the one drawback with him. But he makes up for it with... Uh, you know, the outsized number of rebounds that he usually gets from the guard spot as well, and, and the st- fact that the ball's always in his hand. And steals. He's an yeah, and the steals. And the steals as well he adds up to. Um, and Damian Lillard, I'm just expecting him to have to shoulder a lot of the load this year uh, with them losing LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, they're really hurting for offensive options up there, and he was a pretty good offensive option anyway. And now I just think it's going to be like, you know how he kind of coasts through, and then in the in the fourth quarter he just kind of absolutely take over some games? Well, I think that there's a chance they're going to need him to do that to start some games and, you know, pretty much throughout the game if they're going to have a chance to stay in some of these. So I think we're going to see some really big numbers out of Damian Lillard at one point this year. And he is another one of those guys that when he gets hot and hits the threes, 
he just racks up the DraftKings points. So I'm I'm going to be interested to see what his price is at. Yeah, I like that play that um, um, a lot for the for a number of different reasons here. And speaking of the lines too, I think that's a great point that you need to make, or we both need to make that we, sort of where you can start your analysis here. Just taking a look at, I like to use Lines.com because it gives you um, five different sports books or four different sports books, including the opener. And you take a look at the Sacramento Kings. They, I think, they have the top total on the board or open at the, with a top total at two thirteen. The top total on the board might actually now be Denver at two twelve or two twelve and a half. So Denver. That Houston game. That means there's a, a lot of uh, James Harden uh, that you can make a case for. Uh, I know we're not we're talking point guards here, so Ty Lawson might be a, a, a potentially a, a cheap option in, in a revenge game. Yeah, I'm interested to see what his price is at because that game is the way that Houston plays and the way that he plays. I mean, he could he could wind up with 15 assists. Right. Uh, so we'll see how much he ends up touching the ball. That's something I'll definitely be paying attention to. On the flip side of that, I'm very interested here in um, uh, Emmanuel Moutier. I think that mm-hmm. he's probably going to be an underpriced point guard to start because we just don't have a, a lock on what he's going to be able to do. I project him to sort of be a Tyreek Evans type where you can get it like, you know, he has a potential to get upwards of five, six, seven, eight rebounds, handle the ball. He does need to work on his outside shot. But you just take a look at there's outside of Gallo, there just isn't a lot to be excited about in Denver, and he could have just a high usage rate with a point guard that needs to do a little bit of everything. And he's a he's a bigger point guard. Some some of Tyreek Evans is like you know I believe what is uh, what he a six three or six four I believe mm. it's one of the bigger point guards among rookies and and definitely a rookie of the year candidate. So I'll be paying close attention to him. I won't mind gambling a few shares if he um pops down to like a you know a low low end second tier or third tier price range. Yeah, especially on on the first game because a lot of people he's not on a lot of people's radars because most people probably wouldn't even be able to tell you he's starting. Right. Most people probably wouldn't even be able to tell you that Ty Lawson's not the point guard for the Denver Nuggets anymore. So in tournaments especially, if he's cheap and you're going to get him pretty low owned, you know, he's the kind of guy that can really put up a stat line across the board that could, you know, help you in some tournaments. All right, so we've covered some top options here. I mean, uh, Chris Paul, I think you got to make a strong case for him against Sacramento. He's destroyed Sacramento uh, in, throughout, throughout his career in one of the top totals there as well. On the flip side of that, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, anytime you can fit him into your lineup, has just always um, – he's like – Maybe the one of the guys who has most consistently paid off his price tag uh, going forward. He, he's the and if you uh, have been playing DFS NBA last season, you know that DeAndre Jordan, for all his production and you know uh, all the hype around him being as a as a top flight defensive center, actually allows a lot of fo- uh, points. I believe he was in the bottom five in, in fantasy points allowed uh, to opposing centers. Uh, last season for 2014-15. So that, that's a great uh, spot for DeMarcus Cousins, and I think that you're going to look at DeMarcus Cousins and Rudy Gay be strong plays uh, basically throughout the season. So those two guys I'll, I'll be paying attention to. You definitely have to have to pay up for Cousins. The issue that you have with Cousins is you really have to sort of when you get into a top tier price center like that, you basically have to decide if you're gonna if he's going to be your anchor play or not, because he'll be more than likely the most expensive guy that you use, and then you'll have to start digging deeper into value options if you anchor with him. Mm-hmm. If you don't anchor with him, then you have a little bit more flexibility um, in terms of what you want to do, because there's always some you know value centers that you can make cases for. Um, but so I, I like to sort of figure out um, where I'm going to be. Um, stacking my top plays, and when you take a look at that total, like we sh- like you should be looking at every single day, uh, Sacramento, uh, L.A. makes a lot of sense. Uh, Orlando has, has got has got a total that's jumped up three and a half points to two hundred five, so that's interesting. 
and uh, another one, New Orleans and Portland at, at, at 206, aside from the Denver and Houston. So those are some of the top um, totals on the board. I'm a little surprised to see San Antonio at 208 with the pace they play against Oklahoma City. So I guess they're expecting Oklahoma City to force them to run uh, at a fast pace there with Russell Westbrook and KD. So we'll pay attention to that there as well. well I mean, even though San Antonio doesn't play at the same like breakneck speed as everybody else, they're so efficient on offense, though, that they still do put up a lot of points. Like, that was something I noticed last year as well, is it wasn't like they had as many possessions as some of the teams that played a little faster, but offensively, they just, they don't take bad shots. They score on, you know, an above average number of their possessions, and the efficiency is what winds up keeping their score high. So I could see, I could actually even see that game going over, to be honest, despite the fact that San Antonio is that good on defense, because... I think that Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant's skills kind of trump anything that any defense can throw at him. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there as well. So I think we've covered some of the top totals and the top um, point guard options there. Any like value plays that you might be looking to slide in from a point guard or, or at the guard position along some of these top-tier top options? I mean, Moutier is the guy I'm hoping is kind of cheap. Um, if you need like a stone-cold punt, uh, you know, Nate Robinson's a guy that a lot of people were talking about today. New Orleans plays again tomorrow. As long as they have Drew Holiday on that minutes limit, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of minutes out of a guy like Nate, and he's minimum price. Um, but again, I mean, it's not something I love. It's not like I'm rushing to put Nate Robinson in my rosters. Uh, you know, again, but if you need a, a stone cold punt, he's probably the guy that I would look towards. I like that play there as well. I'm sort of I'm, I'm interested to see how many minutes Drew Holiday plays. I heard there was something going to be like in the 14 to 18 minute range, which means that yeah. uh, Nate and Rob could be set up for 28 to 30 plus minutes. And you know this guy is shooting no matter what. It's like, oh yeah, it's going to be like Anthony Davis is not even on the roster when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, he only knows how to play one way. So it, it, I mean, again, it's not like I want him on my on my favorite basketball team, but for fantasy, if the guy can put up points at min price, I'll take him. Yeah, absolutely. The other guy that I'm taking a look at here and paying attention to to see if he's a value play for me, and I'm going to try to make a strong case for him throughout the beginning of the season, is Jarrett Jack. Uh, he's taking over the point guard Ooh. position for the Brooklyn Nets over Darren Williams. I expected him to sort of be priced like a uh, solid six-man rather than a starter who's going to um, – you know, be, I think uh, Jared Jackson is going to be a, like a lock for like 16, 17 points a game and set and six, seven assists, assists with yeah. upside. He'll shoot the three, good defender. And you take a look at two, what they have out there in Brooklyn. Joe Johnson's a million years old, and it's just him and Brooke Lopez. So there's going to be mm-hmm. some strong opportunity for Jared Jack to be. He had, I mean, he had some big games last year too when he took over for the point when uh, Darren Williams was out. So I. I... Definitely, we've seen him do it before. I, I definitely like that. Yeah, I think there's some definitely some opportunity. So there's that's my cheap point guard alongside Nate Robinson that I'm taking a look at. <clears throat> All right, moving over to shooting guard here. Who um, piques your interest for cash games and GPPs? I mean, obviously Harden is the number one guy, and he's a guy that I like to use often because he's just he's just head and shoulders above everybody else at the shooting guard position. There's some other guys that are good. Um, you know, I like uh, guys like Bledsoe. He's good. Oladipo's a solid option I use a lot. Jimmy Butler. Um, but, I mean, when it comes to who's going to be the highest scorer and who's likely to have the most points by, like, a good margin, Harden is head and shoulders above everybody else. So he And it's also a tough position to find good value at. So if you can pay up ten grand for him and he gets you 60, 65 points, it's usually such a boost to your roster. So I love James Harden. He's... Definitely number one on my list. Obviously, he's expensive, but he is one of the few guys that I'm actually looking to pay up for um, 
you know, on Wednesday slate. So he is easily number one to me. Do you have uh, similar feelings? Uh, yeah, James Harden. He's he's an absolute ball hog too, and I actually think that that's the it's going to be what happens with James Harden in this first couple games. How long, how much he lets Ty Lawson actually touch the ball, it's going to going to just determine for me if I'm going to be in on James Harden at the same volume last year, or if he's actually going to let you know Ty Lawson. You know, uh, do do the majority of the ball handling and get him the ball. I have a feeling that James Harden really isn't going to downtick that much at all, and Ty Lawson is going to be the one that's going to have to sort of fit in um, mm-hmm. to what James Harden wants to do with that offense. So we'll see what happens. We'll be definitely paying attention to there. But like we said, uh, crazy good total in that game there as well. And Trevor Reese is always one of those like punty or small forward options. I know we're talking shooting guards here that always tend to fit in and um, will will pay off a price tag for you, but never really go off. So uh, um, just a little side note for there. Um, and oh, well, I'm going to save this too, but I'm going to tell you right now, Gallo to me was a guy who was like for two months was underpriced uh, last season for Denver. Oh, yeah, I used I used him a lot. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so we'll get to that once we get into the small forward position here. But, yeah, James Harden is definitely the chalk if you can afford him. So th- th- that just comes down to choice there as well. Now you have two teams um, with, you know, top um, totals like Sacramento and DeMarcus Cousins and, and James Harden. And, um, you know, the uh, Denver Nuggets in those games there as well. So you sort of just, you know, decide who you want to go with. You want to go with Harden, the three-point shooter, or you want to go with the double-double threat um, with, you know, shot-blocking upside and Cousins. I don't think there's a wrong answer there. For me, I felt like there was a good amount of time that uh, Victor Oladipo was underpriced uh, for Orlando. So he, I'm, I'm going to be paying close attention to see where he came in. He was coming in, like, below the 7K range for a small time there, and I was like, this is just value all day. So uh, I like um, – I think he's the man, um, not Vucevic, that, he, that has a chance to break up. And like we said, that total has jumped up three and a half points against Washington. So there's some definite opportunity there. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other guy that I'm, I, I want to definitely uh, take a look at here is uh, I believe Jimmy Butler um, is, if I'm correct, shooting guard eligible. <coughs> yes. Excuse me, on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And he's priced like – to me, well underpriced for um, – Coming in for the Tuesday slate at, at seventy five hundred, there's he's easily like a nine k player in, in my mind nine nine k plus if if all things go right now he does have to fit in you know with Miritich in the starting lineup now who we'll, we'll talk about it, I think is a, a ridiculous play ridiculously good play um, for the price that he's currently coming in at on Fanduel but um, Jimmy Butler at this price point I think you definitely have to make a case for him while there's value because you're going to see the price point just jump up like 1k plus how do you feel about jimmy butler at 7500 yeah i mean i think i actually have him in my tuesday lineup on uh on FanDuel because i just think the price is a little bit too low mm-hmm. he should be a guy that's up in the 8k range right but i'm gonna give you a name that i kind of want to bounce off of you because looking at some projection systems i have a feeling that this guy's gonna come in incredibly cheap mm-hmm. and could be like the value play of the day, and it's going to be C.J. McCollum. I knew you were going to say that name. I was going to say okay. it with you. Yeah. So then you're probably on the same wavelength as me. I mean, I'm seeing this guy in projection systems getting a ton of minutes, and again, we don't have the pricing yet, but I could see him being priced as a guy who's in like the 4 to 5K range, low 4 to 5K mm-hmm. range, yep. and they're expecting him to put up like, you know, 30 fantasy points in this game. Yeah. So that's a guy that could easily make value, maybe even seven, eight times value yeah. for you, depending on his price. 
And that's the kind of thing you need for a tournament. Yes. Steve McCollum in cash games and GPPs. If I was a poker player in a tournament, like in the World Series of Poker, I would have shoved all my chips in the middle on with CJ McCollum and walked away and stood by my friends by the rail. That's what I would have done. And, and like, what, I mean, what do you think his price is going to be? Like, I'm thinking, I, I don't think he's going to even be 6K on yeah. either one of the sites. Like, I think he, he might even be in the 4K range on both sites. I, I, I think he's going to get priced similar to Miritich, which was like 5,500 on FanDuel. And that's a, that's a deal by itself right there. And if it's any lower than that, then I just, I'm, I don't know how I'm not going to have like 100% exposure. That's just how good of a play it is. You've seen what he's been doing in the preseason. He's an absolute destroyer. You know it's him and Lillard out there and no one else. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, it's I I don't want to. I actually think he could be a more valuable player in DFS than Clay Thompson. And there were some games where you, we saw what Clay Thompson did last season. He had some just you know ridiculous lines. And he's sort of Clay Thompson is like an outlier in the fact that he's a mainly a scorer only who just chips in in the other categories, but he's so efficient and he shoots so many threes, which you get the bonuses for, like on DraftKings, um, that he becomes a top, I don't know, 10, 12, you know, sometimes in, within lower the top eight shooting guard options on a lot of slates, and you're going to see CJ McCollum do that, but be a better all-around threat, at least in terms of assists uh uh for this season so yeah cj all day is what we're going to call this guy at least yeah. while the price is low watch this guy watch this price jump up like a couple grand within the next couple weeks so uh, yeah definitely in there i want to get your take on a guy who's like in a in a similar situation kind of but not really but sort of under the radar but i think he's sort of in the cj mccollum category in terms of um, you know, people sort of not knowing him, him being off the radar and jumping into a bigger role this week, and that's Alec Burks as a shooting guard for Utah. How do you feel about him um, as a starting shooting guard for the Jazz this season? Well, here's here's my my Alec Burke feelings. I actually like him a lot. I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for, and he's always cheap. The problem I have with him is Utah last year played at a pretty slow pace, which kind of makes me feel like I want to be off a lot of the guys on Utah that don't do a lot of other things. And I feel like Burke is kind of scoring dependent for the most part for his fantasy points. You know, like a guy like Gobert is somebody I'd still be looking to use because he's going to block a bunch of shots, he's going to get a bunch of rebounds, and he's still going to score a few points. But Utah last year played a lot of games in the 180s, um, which for those of you who are kind of new to DFS, that's a, that's a pretty low number. Um, you usually want to see a number, you know, games that you want to target are games that are in the 200s, you know, sometimes the 210s and above. So when you see a game in the 180s, that's like one of the lowest totals of every day. So that kind of keeps me off of anybody on Utah who is basically dependent on points for their fantasy scoring. Okay, that makes sense. I, I, I just see a little bit of a bigger role for him this year. You saw what Rodney Hood was able to do in some spots and scored like in, in bunches. And you know, and Gordon Hayward to me is like the most... Um, I, I, like the quietest number one player on his team out of any of the 30 NBA teams in the league, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be their star, but he really just scores 18 a night, most nights. You know? And the, the, there's all the Rudy Gobert hubbub, I mean, which we'll talk about once we get to the center positions, because I love Rudy Gobert, but they're gonna, I think he's gonna get priced in like, in tough spots. Um, yeah. th- throughout the season. We're, we're not gonna get the Gobert discount that we sort of feasted on for like a, you know, a week or two weeks. Um, spot there last season so i i think there's some room for alec brooks as long as he gets priced in value town 
you know, which like 6K, 6K below, 6,500 and below. You can sort of make a case. There's always going to be better shooting guards with more upside in this spot. But I think on some of the shorter sites, you can make a case for him to be he's, – he's really improved his game, at least from what it seems in the three-point uh, department and scoring in the preseason. We'll, see, we'll have to just pay attention to see how that translates there. Well, even, even last year, like before he got hurt for a time being, he was putting up some pretty good numbers. He was, he was doing all right for fantasy. Yeah, so we mentioned a couple shooting guard options. Let's flip over to small forward. We sort of talked about this and touched on this here um, as well. We got to talk about our boy here, Nikola Mirotic. Pr- ridiculously priced right now, fifty five hundred on 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 Fanduel. So we'll see how the price adjusts from from Tuesday and Wednesday. I, I assume it's not going to move much because those games won't even be done by the time they release the lineups uh, for, for the Wednesday slate here. But uh, just give me your quick take. How much? What percent? What percent exposure do you want to Mirotic for Wednesday? Well, I mean, for Tuesday, I have him in 100% of my lineups, and I think he's almost a must, whether you're playing cash or GPP on FanDuel at the small forward spot. Yep. Um, There's a bigger slate here, so I probably won't have him 100%. But again, if he's down in the 5,000, 5,500 range, I'm expecting a big year out of him. So I'm still going to have a lot of exposure to him if his price stays right there. Um, The one drawback you have for those that are listening is he's actually a power forward over on uh, DraftKings, which kind of stinks because... Which he should be, by the way. Yeah, which is actually the position he's playing, right. basically. So um, it helps that he's a small forward for, you know, like, I guess on Fandle. I don't know what's up with Fandle in the wrong... Like, they have um, Kent Bazemore as a two, you know, uh, and, it, like, he's playing the three this year. I don't, like, it doesn't take that much work to sort of figure out in the preseason where these guys are actually playing, you know? You know, I, I actually asked this question before, and it all comes down to what their stat provider has them listed as. Like, if their stat provider has the guy listed as a small forward, that's what they have him listed as. And the stat providers are basically just using, like, the back of the basketball card positioning. Right. FanDuel needs to um, upgrade from, like, one, one site's using upper deck, one site's using tops, you know? So. They're, they're using Bowman, actually, not even tops. <laughs> using Bowman. <laughs> you know what? That's the problem is that the Bowman's, like, you get pissed off. You get, like, 40 of these tops and upper deck cards. You got this one Bowman card sticking out, you know? It's like three inches longer than the rest of the cards, and you're all pissed off. Yeah, I think we're actually dating ourselves. Right now. <laughs> we are dating ourselves. <laughs> People are like, Bowman? What the hell is Bowman? Is, yep. is I, oh, They're talking NFL now? They're talking about middle linebackers? What's yeah. going on on this show? If you don't know, ask your dad. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, so yeah, back to the small forward position. We're, we're saying... Love Miritich. Well, you know what? Benny would marry Miritich if I had not married him already first. So mm-hmm. he's just waiting for me to break up with Miritich so Benny can get with him. But it's probably I'm not actually two time and I'm two. He's two timing you with me as well. He's on all our <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever. There's enough love. Miritich has enough love and lucky beer to spread around for at, us all. At, especially at that pri- at that price with him as a starter at 5500 on DraftKings. I mean on Fanduel. Yep. Like like I said, it's almost lock and load on Tuesday. Yes. So if he's that price on Wednesday, it's going to be pretty close, yeah. even though there's 
a few more options to consider. Spill your chips, put them all in the middle, Miritich all day, twice on Sunday, three times on Thursday. So mm-hmm. we're, we're with you there. So let's talk about some of the other, the other options aside from our uh, love of our lives, Miritich, that we can make a case for playing for GPPs and cash at the small four. All right, well, let's talk about the big guys first because that's the, the ones that everyone's going to ask about. LeBron James against the Memphis Grizzlies, no thank you. I'm not taking that with LeBron being on a back-to-back, playing one of the best defensive teams in the league, just just no. Uh, the Rand against San Antonio, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, it's all going to depend on how expensive he is, how much they want me to pay up for him. And again, you know, with him and Westbrook together, it's not that the two of them can't coexist, but you really like to play these guys when one or the other is out because they're going to get all the volume. But with the two of them there, they kind of share it a little bit, which isn't a bad thing in basketball, but it is a bad thing for fantasy. You'd rather have a guy like James Harden who gets all the shots um, as opposed to two guys who are that good that are kind of sharing them. So I don't know how much Durant I'm going to have. The guy who I find very interesting and think it will be very lower owned and is playing against a team in Toronto that has struggled to guard small forwards is Paul George coming off his injury. Uh, Paul George was a top 10 player in the NBA, was one of the studs on the Olympic team when he blew out his leg uh, before last season. And I think he's kind of out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. But he is up in that echelon along with Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, as probably, you know, the the two best small forwards not named, uh, you know, Durant or James. And I think you're going to get him at a sizable discount. So I think Paul George is definitely going to be somebody I'm going to be very interested in in this matchup. Yeah, I love Paul George. And if you've seen what's what's happened with him um, in terms of like rankings and projections for DFS, they're sort of applying like a discount because of um, him like putting up basically like 8.8 points per game in that limited action that he was trying to like you know crawl himself back into playing shape when the the Pacers made the playoffs there last season so there could be some opportunity there i wanted i, I want to see he has he's had a little bit of a rough preseason too but I, if there's enough of a discount and you know he he's able to turn it on i think there's going to be a window of opportunity where you you can definitely profit off of him uh there as well it will be interesting to see what happens with him i think he's probably ends up sticking at small forward on dfs throughout the season but he has been um you know uh potentially slotted to play a lot of four uh, mm-hmm. for the Indiana Pacers this season in their sort of like small lineup, fast-paced type yeah. deal. And he was an, originally sort of opposed to it and, and sort of warmed up to it towards the end. So we'll see how that ends up uh, affecting his value uh, there as well. All right, I'm just going to go give you a like um, like a quick rundown of some small forwards and you just give me like a yay or nay and like a like a one-sentence, um, I'm in for GPS, okay. in for cash, not in, not interested, you know, all right? Um, Kawhi Leonard. Not in this game because he's probably going to be stuck guarding Durant or Westbrook. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Nicholas Batum. Depending on price, maybe. Okay. Rudy Gay. Um, Who's the small forward for the Clippers now? They got rid of Barnes, right? Did they bring somebody in? They will. Uh, let me look at the depth chart. I know they have Josh Smith on the roster. I think they're start. they're not starting him, though. Uh, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Clippers, going down the road wire depth chart. Um, it's a three-man rotation between Paul Pierce, Wesley Johnson, and Josh Smith with Lance Stevenson in the mix. So you don't care. I would say, Basically, yeah. you don't care. I mean, you know that Sacramento wants to play fast, and you know that Gay's going to take a lot of shots. So depending on his price, I think he could be interested. All right. You were teetering the line there on the one sentence. 
I'm just yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was a, it was a run-on sentence. Oh, okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, Damari and Carroll in Toronto. I mean, he doesn't. He was a guy that I didn't mind for cash. Okay. I like him for cash, I should say. All right, fair enough. He's solid, not spectacular. Okay. Um, I don't know why this is happening or how this is happening, but Joffrey Lavernier, who's I think slated to be the starting center for um, Denver, is right now a small forward. Um, well, basically, just based on the rebounds and the fact that I feel he's going to be very cheap, that's probably a guy to look at. A super punt play, yeah. That, yeah, the, that's. Could, but he can hit a three, and he's getting 30 minutes. I recommended hit for, for season long, so um, somebody be interested. This was one of my favorite guys. I don't know if I should like him for DFS, but he's getting the start, I believe, with uh, Robert Covington uh, battling a knee injury, Jeremy Grant. If cheap enough, I think you can use him for tournaments. Okay, fair enough. So I'll give you some some um, solid plays there. You know, Obviously, Durant's going to be among the, the highest price with LeBron James and some of the other options. So we've covered small forward. Let's go ahead and move on to power forward here as well. Can we just do the obligatory? If you feel like you can afford Anthony Davis and you want to play him, he's the top option. Then we can just move forward from that point. I wouldn't even say that. I would say you put him in your roster because you need to afford him and you figure out everything else. All right. Fair enough. So that means, well, here's the issue there. Can you, will you have lineups that you feel like you can fit Anthony Davis and like James Harden in both spots? I will try. That will be the first thing I try. If I have to come down off of one, I think it would probably be Harden because uh, I don't even know. Is it, is it My- Leonard My- Myers Leonard who's the power forward for Portland? Because I don't think he's going to be able to stop Anthony Davis. No, there's no one who can really stop, stop Anthony Davis anyway. It doesn't, wouldn't really matter if it was Myers Leonard. But you like that, the fact that it is Myers Leonard. So yes. I, I understand what you're saying completely there. Yeah, T- top option uh, among those spots for sure. So let's just slide the line below that there. And then out of this group here, you've got like a similar projection and probably a, a pretty close price on Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony, Pau Gasol, uh, LaMarcus Ob, and Aldridge, and uh, Kevin Love in that same group there. Who's who's the best of that group if you're going second tier? Uh, now, here's the way I'm going to look at it is I'm not a huge Blake Griffin fan anymore because he doesn't rebound like he used to. Um, we actually talked about this on the NBA pod the one time. He kind of just lets DeAndre Jordan grab all the rebounds, so that kind of ticks him down a little bit for me. Uh, Milwaukee was actually a pretty decent defensive team last year. I know Carmelo's going to take 35 shots, but, you know, to me, he's got, he's usually overpriced. And I love LaMarcus Aldridge, but Serge Ibaka is a pretty good defender, so he doesn't have an easy time either. Pau Gasol going up against... Uh, Thad, who, who's the guy that they traded from 76ers last year? Thaddeus to, Young. To Brooklyn. Yeah, to Thaddeus Young. I think that's a good matchup for him. Uh, you know, he may be playing a little more center, so he may actually see a little bit more Brook Lopez, but that's not a bad matchup, although I don't like the fact he's on a back-to-back, and I really don't like Kevin Love against Memphis and the fact that he's on a back-to-back either. So honestly, I don't really like any of these guys, which is why I'm paying up for Davis. All right, there you go. And just sort of to... One more time, um, you know, uh, praise our love for our our two timer or you know uh, my wife husband Nikola Mirotic projected <laughs> in the top ten at his price at the power forward position right below Monroe Love Aldridge Pau Gasol yeah. and he's so. that's DraftKings he's power forward so remember if you're playing Fanduel he's small forward DraftKings he's power forward for, yeah, and he's yes you definitely. know a little a little more expensive on DraftKings too I think he's like sixty four for the opening game so we'll see if he stays there for game two as well 
All right, some guys that I just want to quickly mention as flyers, and then we'll sort of move on to, but you just need to sort of take note as to what they might potentially be doing. David Lee at the power forward position starting for Boston. I'm going to be keep an eye on him. I might take a shot at some GPPs. Julius Randle in L.A., who's had a strong preseason. I've always liked his game. I think he's a better version of Zebo, so with a you know a little bit better outside jumper. So we'll see how he ends up faring for the L.A. Lakers. And then Carl Anthony Towns, who's currently power forward eligible. Um, for uh, DraftKings as well for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'll be keeping some tabs on him to see how um, his uh, level of production ends up shaking out. All right, and finally, we wrap with the center position here, Benny. We've talked about DeMarcus Cousins, who's an absolute monster. Now, in this second-tier group, uh, we have got Drummond, we got Vooch, Favors, Marcus Sol, DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, Brooke Lopez, and then uh, you can, uh, rounding out the top 10, I guess, Al Jefferson and Hassan Whiteside. How do you feel about this group? Uh, there's actually a lot of guys here that I'm that I'm pretty high on. Um, big fan of Marcus Uh Don't really like the Cleveland big guys. I think he'll have his way with them in that game. Memphis does tend to play lower scoring games though, so that might be something that kind of has me, you know, looking off of them. Uh, DeAndre Jordan against Sacramento. <clears throat> I don't know. This one's tough for me because I could see him having a big game in a high scoring game that might stay kind of close. And I could also see DeMarcus Cousins getting him in foul trouble in the first couple minutes. So I think that would be a GPP-only play for me. But I do think he has upside with his rebounding in a high-scoring game. Uh, Rudy Gobert, who we talked about before, you know, this guy grabs a lot of rebounds, blocks a lot of shots, gets some assists. He's like a younger, more talented Joe Kim Noah is the way I, I kind of look at him. He can do a little bit of everything in his game. Um, and he has the longest arms I've ever seen in the world. If you've ever, If you've ever seen this guy play... Like, he'll have those dunks where it doesn't even look like he jumped off the ground and was, like, five feet away from the basket and still managed to dunk the ball. I don't know how he does it. So he's somebody else that I kind of like here. Um, Al Jefferson is somebody that I'm big on. I think he's just going to be too much of a wide body for Hassan Whiteside in this game. And last year, they were just absolutely feeding Jefferson. Like, they were basically running the offense through him. So he's somebody that I'm expecting to have a big year this year. Uh, those are kind of it for the guys up there towards the top. I'm I'm not a huge fan of favors. I do like Vucevic a little bit, but Washington is a good defensive team, so I'm not running to put him in there. Uh, you know, again, we talked about Gobert being good defensively, so I don't think I want Drummond on the on the second night of a back to back in that situation, uh, especially because his price is kind of expensive. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at the top guys. All right. Um, do you prefer the Gobstopper for Rudy Gobert, or do you prefer the Stifle Tower? I do actually kind of like the Stifle Tower. That's uh, that's that's interesting to me. I, somebody actually put some thought into that. Yeah, I like the Stifle Tower a lot. The Gobstopper is pretty cool, but Stifle Tower when he—that's the one guy in the league who might like be able to double double with blocks, which is yes. pretty sick. Or triple double, I guess, if you know, um, in, <clears throat> in the league. So I'll be interested. I've heard that he's sort of a little bit worn down after playing um, uh, FIFA ball. For, uh, mm-hmm. In the in the off season, I believe for France, so we'll see how that mm-hmm. ends up shaking out. But um, I, I'll also be uh, very interested to see where he comes out in, in the top ten in terms of price, because there could be value depending on the matchup and depending on how far up or down he slides um, in that top five. Some other notable options at the center position that you should be taking a look at here: Jalil Okafor, who's currently center eligible on DraftKings, he could be a potential option. Uh, don't forget Enos Cantor uh, was highly productive, but now has to deal with both KD and uh, Russell Westbrook in the lineup. So we'll see how much of a discount you get to sliding uh, down on him. Uh, going all the way down t- towards the bottom there, I think you can sort of make a case 
for some punt plays like Robin Lopez and, and, and Myers Leonard, depending on how much money you need to save. I, I, I'm not really endorsing those guys. Roy Herbert is, is a guy in L.A. To, we'll see how much usage he gets. You know, one guy I want to add, too, that I'm looking at, um, I played a lot of Marcin Gortat last yes, year. Yes, yes. And he's not sexy, but he's always cheap, and he gives you, you know, it's like he gives you a good effort. You know, right. you, you're never going to be upset. You, he, he's probably not a tournament-winning kind of player. No. He's more of a guy that I like in cash, but... He's a solid 20 to 30 points almost every game. Yes. And if you can get him in that 5 to 6K range, that's kind of what you're looking for. So he he's somebody that I used a lot more than, uh, you know, you're kind of almost embarrassed admitting that you used him, but he, he always came through for me. So he him and I are on good terms this year. Yeah, I like Martin Ortad. He's definitely a uh, like cash game eligible, but not a GPP play because he just never is going to go off for 50 like you want um, in uh, GPPs, especially with John Wall and Bradley Beal on the roster there. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, definitely a safe guy that you can you can definitely um, book into your lineup at the center position if you need to pay down a slot and you spent your your money elsewhere. So those are all solid plays. And a lot of this stuff is we're, we're sort of you know it's it's guesswork right now, obviously because people not you know production and roles and minutes obviously change from season to season so we're going to be paying close attention to that benny and i you're going to hear us a lot on the rotowire dfs podcast talking nba all throughout the week uh along and we're not abandoning nfl obviously nfl is definitely going to be in the mix and we'll have a ton of coverage there as well so just stick with us stay tuned uh, we're going to keep updating uh, our lineups and our prices and we'll be able to talk more prices and, and price changes throughout the season as we go along uh so make sure you stay tuned with us thanks for listening to the rotowire dfs po- DFS podcast. Don't forget we're available on Stitcher and iTunes for your downline convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, a review. Don't forget to subscribe. You can always check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Have any questions on Twitter, any lineup suggestions, any thoughts, send them a, send them a tweet. Send me a tweet at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.